Welcome to the Mind Gym. This is the Pain to Power podcast with Dr. Keith Abloh, where you become the strongest individual you can be. This is Dr. Keith Abloh with another Pain to Power podcast, and this one's called Big Tech and Government Want All of You. Now, why do I say that? That sounds dire, doesn't it? Well, it is a bit dire, I'm afraid. Uh, I'm not afraid, actually. But it is a dire warning uh, that there are so many forces now aligned to take all of you and leave you with nothing of yourself that I think it's wise to at least see what's up uh, and understand that this isn't myth this isn't paranoia. This is just what's called reality. It's almost incredible to believe that the government would be in an unhealthy alliance with big technology and especially mobile operators, mobile telephone operators, in such an unhealthy alliance that it could do in democracy and do in freedom and do in freedom of speech, uh, freedom of association, uh, freedom to pursue happiness in your life. But that's actually what's happening right now. And this is not some psychological thriller. This is literally happening today. You should listen to this podcast, share it with anyone you want to. Uh, I'm absolutely convinced that this is actually unfolding. And, you know, people don't want to believe that they're living in times that could represent a psychological thriller. So we tend to do what? To deny the reality that's unfolding. It's the story about everybody who lives next to a serial killer, right? They always, they interview them and they're always like, oh, well, he seemed like a nice guy. Well, yeah, but what did you think about the fact that there was blood seeping out from under the garage door? Well, I, I mean, I, you know, there are lots of reasons that that, no, no, no. What was operating is denial. We're in denial uh, as a people right now about the grave threat to everything that we value as individuals and people who care about liberty. We're in denial that big tech, just like the Unabomber told us, by the way, when he published his manifesto in the New York Times. I know I keep talking about the Unabomber, not because he wasn't reprehensible, and he was, to blow people up, insanity, but what he wrote as his manifesto and forced the New York Times to publish was utterly brilliant because he said technology, as it advances, as it gathers more steam and more capability, al will align itself with government and those two forces together, the sum being greater than the parts, will deprive humanity of freedom, deprive humanity of the self and everything that we value as people. Now, how is this happening? If you take mobile operators as an example, like Verizon, AT&T, all those friendly guys who have those very compelling commercials on TV, uh, well, it turns out that uh, they are routinely sharing with the government after the Patriot Act passed to ward off terrorism. It's always about some fear that inspires us to give up freedom, right? So after 9-11 and the Patriot Act, mobile operators became more than willing to share with 
the federal government uh, information, information about uh, texts that you sent. They, they categorize and store those things for years, emails, phone calls, perhaps particular words that you use, your whereabouts as you ping off various mobile towers. These are all invasions of your privacy that are now supported by law, government law. And uh, because the technology companies, number one, can be in the good graces of government, number two, perhaps there's a payment. I have no idea if they're paid for this activity. Probably they would have to be uh, in order to furnish it to the government. I don't, I don't know. I would think so. Um, but the bottom line is that... Um, if you happened to be in Washington, D.C. on January 6th during the quote-unquote insurrection or protest, depending on how you want to see it, or peaceful gathering, if you want to see it that way, if you happened to be there and happened to send a few texts to folks who actually walked into the Capitol building, you might well be called by the FBI for an interview. Now, uh, but for your mobile device that you carry with you, because you like the pretty pictures and isn't it convenient to use? Sure, it's convenient to use. But the trade-off has been that now your whereabouts are tracked. Uh, and now what you share can be misinterpreted. And then you add another fear to it. So you put fear upon fear. And you say, well, now that there's COVID and people can get sick, well, shouldn't the federal government be able to... Um, forge an additional alliance with mobile operators, create things like vaccine passports that go on your mobile phone. You can't go anywhere if you don't have this on your mobile phone. Uh, stating your antibody status, revealing your medical records. Have you been vaccinated or not? Now, that used to be a, a sacred HIPAA-protected part of your privacy. No more. You want to go in a restaurant? Well, in many states, they're saying you'll have to have this mobile vaccine pass or whatever they want to call it, you know, immune passport. I don't care what they call it. Um, bottom line is you'll have to have this with you uh, in order to go into a place to eat. You'll have to have it perhaps with you to fly. You'll have to have it perhaps with you to get on a train. Um, what's happening is that because people get fearful of things like terrorism, things like illness, the government steps in because the government has an unlimited appetite, an unlimited appetite for every aspect of yourself, every aspect of it. So if you just take the mobile operator part of big technology, AT&T, Verizon, T-Mobile, and the rest of them, uh, that alone starts to erode your privacy, and privacy is tantamount to freedom. Because the thing is, we're already self-censoring. Okay? Now, this is not a small thing. If we're to the point where people who are not delusional are saying things like, and often it's with a chuckle, but there's nothing funny about it. If people are literally saying, yeah, I probably shouldn't text that, or I probably shouldn't say that on the phone. And then they'll chuckle. And sometimes they won't say it or text it on the phone. They'll say, when I see you, I'll tell you what I really think about this. Maybe if they see you. Maybe if you're not masked and quarantined, they'll tell you. Do you understand what I'm getting at? That 
if you can put the censorship in the head of the citizen, if you can make citizens self-censor, then you've won the game. You own those folks because the self is suppressed to such an extent that it can wither and die from deprivation, from lack of practice in sharing and communicating and saying what you think and feel and what you really believe. Why? For fear that you'll be punished. Now that sounds very much like, say, China, doesn't it? Uh, Except there's a very thin line now between places like China and places like the United States of America in its current incarnation. Because here in America, we're brokering away our freedoms in order to be what we think of, and it's not accurate, not even a little, as safer. You're not safer if yourself is being strangled to death, okay? Let me give you the headline. You're not safer if yourself is being strangled to death. Now, not only does big tech in the form of mobile operators and Google monitoring your searches and turning that over to the government and other search engines doing the same, and Microsoft and the rest of them, not only are they complicit in the destruction of self that's taking place or the ownership of all of you, all of you, as in every one of us, and all of you, as in all your thoughts, all your opinions, all your mm, inclinations to uh, stand up for yourself. They want all of that. They want to muzzle, muffle, mask, all of that. Now, okay, so now we're into the COVID pandemic. It's just cute and convenient. Whether we could argue that N95 masks prevent a tiny percentage of transmission of this virus or not, we don't even know, right? But even not knowing, not knowing for sure whether that's the case, we're willing to mask, muzzle, and otherwise um, quiet down the free exchange of information. It's very different to commune with people in a group when you're not masked. When you're masked, you're less likely to say things uh, with, you know, fervor. Um, you're less likely, because we know this, you're less likely to connect with people. Sure, you can look them in the eye, but there's much more to facial expression and connecting with people in person than just eyes and, and making eye contact. There's just a whole lot of other nuanced neurophysiological ways that people connect when they're actually looking at one another instead of looking at one another in a mask. These are metaphors, but they're powerful ones. If you're masked, you're muzzled. If you are masked, you're invisible. If you're masked, you can't breathe the way that you want to. So if a community, if a town, if a city, if the federal government can alter the way you speak, the way you Uh, breathe, uh, whether you leave your home, uh, and then scare the heck out of you about who you associate with, because God forbid you're in 
connection with or contact with folks who end up in Washington, D.C., or God forbid you end up there yourself on the wrong day at the wrong time, it could change your life. Like you could be in the crosshairs of a massive, massive authoritarian state. So you're going to be very careful, aren't you, to not offend the state. And by, by doing that, you're going to hunker down, you're going to adopt a siege mentality. And the trouble with a siege mentality, when you feel like you're, you have no privacy and you have no freedom and you have no liberty, the trouble with trying to hide in a fortress like your house with the doors closed in a mask, uh, filtering the air, and making sure that nobody comes in who might ever have, you know, encountered a virus in his or her life. The trouble with that is a fortress looks a lot like a prison at a certain point. And the walls are the same. It really just depends whether you think you're safeguarding yourself or you think you're being stored away. Right now, I think we're really tilting toward being put on ice, stored away. Uh, it's also the case that big tech is, of course, monitoring everything you do and then monetizing everything you do. So what do you become? Uh, instead of a consumer with additional power and freedoms because you can go more plate go in quotes, more places on the web, make more discerned buying decisions on the web by con, you know comparing different merchants one to another instead of that you're now the product so really the game is hey let's monitor what each of these i'm hesitant to say people right because usually when you say what it, what all of these people do or each of these people does that usually means that you appreciate the person's individuality and that you appreciate the fact that each person has a self. You're just data to big tech. You're just a series of behaviors and inclinations that can be modified and can be monetized. So you've got one set of forces that's depriving you of privacy and making you very careful what you say and do lest you be targeted by an authoritarian, increasingly authoritarian government in Washington, D.C. And then you've got another set of incredibly powerful forces that doesn't see you as a person either and that really just wants to observe you like a lab rat, see what you do when, you know, let's prod them here, let's, let's, let's give her a little reward over there, see what she does, we'll know more about the mouse and then we can manipulate the mouse even more. So we can reward or punish or limit the mouse. You know, if you say the wrong thing on Facebook, they're going to shut you down. They said you had friends there. That was a lie. They're not friends. You know, they're contacts on Facebook. They're folks that, you know, are working through a kind of medium that homogenizes and changes them. It's not like you have these friends like you grew up with if you're my age, 60. Okay, these are friends who are coming through your monitor and brought to you via your computer. And there's no way to give them full flesh and blood to make them the same as your next door neighbor who you shake hands with unless you're too terrified to do it because you might get a germ on you.
which is what they want you. They want you to be afraid of that. Okay? And so Facebook is limiting you, tracking you, turning you into data. The federal government is taking away your privacy and your rights to free speech, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Gun rights, of course, always under assault because in order to have a gun, you got to be a responsible person, an individual. You have to consider yourself a human being, a self. You have to have yourself. And, you know, it's very tantalizing because they give you these, these devices or they say, isn't it wonderful we're going to have self-driving vehicles? Well, self-driving is an oxymoron. A car has no self. It's not self-driving. It's plugged into a network of data that's streaming to it. It's not self-driving at all. And you're certainly not driving, especially if it's an electrical vehicle and they can just turn off the grid to your town and say, no, try driving now, now that you've offended us because you're in Washington, D.C. on January 6th or whatever it might be, whatever true or fabricated event that captures the imagination of the federal government could lead to a very real situation where you are detained. So you're not just masked. You're not just uh, put under house arrest. Now you're detained, perhaps imprisoned, while the state decides whether you've committed a crime, right? Because they can charge you with something, and then, you know, months and months and months elapse, and then your trial comes up. It might be a year. Okay, this is very dangerous stuff. But back to the self-driving oxymoronic cars. Do you think for one second that with GPS aboard in your self-driving car, which actually has absorbed yourself and strangled it to death, that when you say, let's go to the House of Pizza in Boston, that the car is not going to say, but there's 10% off at Domino's. Let us take you to Domino's. Uh, if you do, we'll pay for the electricity or the gas to get you there. And plus, you know, you get this 10% off. And plus, if you introduce other morons to us who let us take them to, I don't care where it is, Domino's, Puppagino's. I don't want to pick on Domino's. Very nice company. Doesn't matter to me. Um, right? If you introduce some other losers to us that you're turning over to us, strangling their souls... We'll give you a little cash. Uh, what did you do, by the way, for that cash? Nothing. You turned over your friends to big tech. Okay? Big tech is now in league with the state to take all of you, every little bit of you. Big tech wants to or cares less, could not care less, about delivering you to an increasingly absorbing authoritarian government that considers you to be a less than a child. Okay, children even have some, I mean, generally human beings will give them some choice. They don't want to strangle them and make them feel as if they're automatons. That's no way to grow up. State doesn't have that particular care about you. Read the tea leaves. I have nothing uh, much uh, to argue about legalizing drugs. I think if you want to use drugs, it's stupid. But hey, you want to do it? You want to take that chance? It's on you. Okay, but isn't it interesting that the government would now legalize pot? So, so legalize marijuana in all these states, don't enforce the law, 
um, decriminalize stealing and theft, um, just get high, uh, take what you need maybe in the form of a Gucci sweatshirt from Bloomingdale's, uh, stay home and wonder about what gender you might be, because that's really good. Apple just introduced some whatever smarticons or modicons of a pregnant man or something. Like, that's wonderful, right? So start thinking if you're a male, whether you might still want to have a baby. Busy yourself with that nonsense, absurdity, delusional thinking. But don't vie for power. And certainly don't be in charge of yourself. See, that's very dangerous right now to the kind of government that's coalescing in Washington and around the world. It's dangerous for you to be your own person. They want to own your person. They want to own your person. Should you be afraid? Yeah, you should be very afraid. Because there are some things that are worse than illness. There are some things that are worse than being prosecuted for perceived crimes. And that is being dissolved into nothingness. Such that you do not exist for all intents and purposes. And then someone will have to free you. And who's that going to be? I'd say it should be you in connection with whatever God you worship, whatever church or temple you attend, whatever love you have for your fellow man, whatever ideas you hold dear. And you better start immunizing yourself against this pandemic, the pandemic of stolen personhood, because they're, they're out to steal your personhood. You better... Start thinking, how can I, even little ways, by the way, immunize yourself? Get a dog. A dog doesn't fake. Don't get an animated fake dog that, like, you know, blinks and has lights and turns its head. A Sony dog, or I don't know if Sony, is Sony even around? Sony's around. Anyhow, don't get that. Get a dog. A dog's warm and loving. You can't fake a dog out, by the way. Dogs have instinct. We're losing our instincts. Maybe we can gain something from hanging out with animals that still have them. Maybe you buy a, a, a watch you have to wind. You have to put in a little strength. And remember that? Like you had to grab the stem. It had the ridges and you'd feel the ridges and then you'd hear the winding and you're putting in a little effort and you're powering the watch to tell time and you have a sense of the gears that are moving. And if you don't do that, it doesn't move anymore. So you, you, you have a tiny dose of being an effective human. Because you've wound the watch. You remembered to do it. Uh, if it runs a little fast, you may have to change the hands. Right? And Because you want to be on time. You want to be on time. The Neuralink chip by, you know, Elon Musk. Who, you know, I hope he cures quadriplegia. He says he can. But, you know, one side effect of Neuralink is not going to just be curing quadriplegic. These are chips you put in your head, okay? So someone somehow, Elon Musk thinks it's a good idea to put, you know, computer chips in people's brains. And if you think for 10 seconds that that's not going to mean that at some point people say, well, wait a sec, if I've got a computer chip in my head, I suppose I can just look up and to the right and you guys will create software so that I can access the internet. Yeah, right. Yeah, that's convenient, isn't it? That's cool. And it sounds so cool. The only thing is that then, if you can access the internet, the internet can access you, dude. 
Okay, people don't get it. They say, well, I have nothing to hide. What, what do I care? I don't have dark thought. No, you don't understand. It's that once your thoughts, feelings, inclinations, and beliefs can be accessed by others, they can make any number of them undesirable and dangerous for you to express. They can kill yourself off. That's the real danger. And so immunize yourself. Go outside. Breathe. Take off that mask when you're outside and breathe the air. Walk. Use your muscles. Work out. Right? Fall in love if you're so inclined. Or remind yourself how much you love the person you're with or how much you love your family. Um, resist being sidelined by schools that tell you you're not a parent, that they're the parents. Attend meetings where maybe you raise your voice a little bit. It's okay. We're at, in a time when your voice is being throttled, when everything that is real about you is being hunted down and killed off. It's okay to yell sometimes. You know, we like him or hate him, at least Donald Trump used some obscenities and would yell and sputter and stammer a little bit because he's a man. He's not a machine. He's not a product. Okay. Maybe he's a little stout. Maybe he loves food. Maybe he likes to eat. Okay. They're going to synthesize and otherwise homogenize and otherwise pasteurize not only your food that you eat, But they're going to do it to you so that you no longer exist in any form in which you were prior to this recognizable. And if you care about the future of the human race, care about the fact that for some reason sperm counts in men are going to zero. They are plummeting. They're going to zero, some people say, within 25 years. Why is that happening? Could that be because there's no upside to being a man anymore? Could it be because men are told, well, you might be a girl. Think about whether you're a girl. Kids in school are taught. What preposterous bullshit is that? Absolute delusional nonsense that's meant to confuse people and brainwash them and tear them away from any roots in rationality. Okay? Well, I got a little heated there. So what? Come for me. You've got my address. They've been here once before, by the way. I opened the door. I said, do you want coffee? They said, "Eh, we're not allowed to, Doc. We're not allowed to take coffee. What kind of government doesn't let agents drink coffee when you offer it to them out of the goodness of your heart? I'll see you next time. This is the Pain to Power podcast. Be powerful, my friends. Thanks for joining another edition of Pain to Power, the ultimate podcast. Why? Because we don't settle for these uncertain times making us uncertain people. Pain to Power is meant to make you stronger and stronger as an individual. You want to get even stronger? Visit www.pain-power.com. Pain to Power.com, but it's the number two, not the letters. 
Uh, and don't forget the hyphens, pain-2-power.com. Or email me if you want to work with me directly as a life coach, one-to-one. We'll do it together. Email me at info at keithablo.com or call 978-462-1125. And the lovely Tiffany will book your appointment. Thanks so much. Talk to you again real soon.